Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast, the podcast where we give our fearless beer review. We talk about some vinyl purchases from this last week, and then we finish up the show with some new music and other happenings in the music world. Uh, My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Uh, this is also what what week is this? We're in the second week of August already in the year 2020, and um, yeah, let's just go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Give us a five star rating and review on iTunes because we haven't got one in a couple weeks, and it would be absolutely great and amazing if you guys gave us a five star rating and review on there, and then go follow us on social media at SNI Radio. Now let's just get into the. Oh my into the goodness. fearless beer review. What do you got? I got it. Come on, man. I got to do the intros. I got to do them. That's Come what, on, that's man. What, that's what we do. That's what we do. We got to do intros. Do you remember in, uh, in Independence Day when Bill Pullman was trying to talk to the alien who had wrapped his tentacle around the doctor's throat through the glass? Yes. Yes. And then and he's asking him questions like, who are you? And what's your favorite breakfast food? And then he says, like, <laughs> like, why did you come here? What what do you want from us? And the alien just says, like, die. That was the best part of the movie. And that's how you feel about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how you feel about me. Yeah, sometimes. Because why else bring it up? Why else bring it up? Yeah. So that's not, that's not the best part of the movie. I, I think the best part of the movie is when that weasel tells the president, because he didn't know about Area 51, he says two words, Mr. President, plausible deniability. That's my my favorite part. Not the speech? Not Bill Pullman's speech? Oh, I forgot about the speech. What about the welcome to Earth? Bill Pullman's presidential speech is better than any speech I've ever seen an actual president give. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is is a solid speech, for sure. It's the best. It's the best, uh, Jerry. The best. Maybe. 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 Whatever. All right. Okay. See. Yeah, are, are, are we doing? We are we doing beer stuffs? We're doing beer stuffs. What do you got? What do you got on the on the docket tonight? So I have, I have a beer from Hangar Twenty Four Brewery. Mm-hmm. This one's oh, in, that's a local here. This one's in Redlands. Mm-hmm. Redlands, California, in some boring ass desert town, probably. I've never been to Redlands. I don't think Redlands so. I don't is know. Right next to Ontario. Ontario's a boring desert town, bro. The entire county of San Bernardino is essentially a boring desert county. Uh, I think it's the biggest yeah. county in the United States too, and it's all boring. It might be, yeah. I think it is. Either that or Riverside. San Bernardino is the biggest. San Bernardino is the biggest. I know that is for it? a fact. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. No, I know. I know. Oh. I do. But uh, you know. no, I do. I have their chocolate bomber. So Hangar Twenty Four, they kind of have this this airplane theme. It's really cute. It's like the like the airplane movie, the car sequel, whatever it was. Everything's like an airplane. 
So that's that's kind of cool. This is 8% stout, chocolate porter, uh, brewed with cacao nibs and vanilla beans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's fun, I guess. <laughs> of course, you get a nasty-ass stout. I've only had one beer from Area 24, and it was their orange wheat beer. Oh, yeah. I, I think it was like their um, Blue Moon or Shock Top. And, yeah. I mean, it was fine. I don't think... Any of those beers are inherently great, but they're not. I don't think they're like disgusting. They're just, they're fine. They're just fine. <laughs> yeah, like if it's really yeah, really hot out, like it it's it's kind of nice. I I think, and if it, like if it's really really cold, it adds to the the taste. I don't know what I'm saying, Tyler. I don't know, Jerry. That's what I got. I don't know what you're saying either. Honestly, I I never know what you're saying most of the time. But eh, what are you gonna do? Uh, what do I have? Uh, fuck. I have you? Wait, oh, so you said you've never been to Hangar Twenty Four, right? No, I've never been to Hangar Twenty Four. Apparently, it's like right next to the the airport too, so you're constantly like watching planes take off and and land too. I guess it's kind of a cool little experience, but I don't know. That's just what I hear. That's what I hear. <sighs> well, I got I got a beer from a local local more local brewery as well. Um, I got it from Port Brewing Company, also known as Pizza Port, here in uh, Southern California. And uh, I got their beer, Soft Top Hoppy Ale. It's 5.5%. Uh, um, and, yeah, I got a, I got a 16 ounce of it. So soft Top West Coast Style Hoppy Ale. Did you buy yep. one or did you get like a, a four-pack? No, I just bought one. I, I'm, I'm too afraid of getting burned. So I I just I just buy one. Pizza so. Port's pretty uh, consistent, though. You, I mean, it's... They are, they are. But also, I didn't know how much a four pack was going to cost, oh. and I've also been burned by some four packs I bought, and they end up being like twenty two dollars, and I didn't know that. And then I feel too weird to say no, I don't want that. It's too expensive. So it's just easier to buy one. It's funny how it's funny how much money we'll spend on on a vinyl now, but <laughs> a little four pack of beers out of the question. Yeah, because it only lasts so long. It's, there's a difference. And quality over quantity. Well, I guess, to an extent. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going to pour mine right now. Here we go. Ow. Splash all over my hand. Uh, she doesn't splash on, on your computer. Son of a bitch, and now I spilled it on my shorts. Jorts. All right, you ready to do this? I mean, pour, it's like everywhere. Oh my god, dude! This is like a nightmare. Why do you? Why does this happen to you? Why did it explode? It's a stout. Stout shouldn't explode. They're the good stout. Should explode. Is that really a real thing? Oh my god! This is so fucking dumb. Well, after we j just so I get this over with while Jeff's uh, battling his beer. Uh, after we we taste test this, we're gonna give our rating of it on our three point our patented three point rating system, where three is a perfect beer. Two's a good beer you're going to continue to drink. One's a bad beer, but you should try it once. And zero is a drain pour. And Jeff, how is the fight with your beer going? Okay, I poured it finally. Finally. Okay. You ready for this? I probably got like a solid half ounce on my shorts. <laughs> but yes. You got to be careful next time. Okay, here we go. This is definitely what it says it is. It's a hoppy ale. But it's kind of sweet. It has a sweet uh, aftertaste. Hmm. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty refreshing. <laughs> pretty, pretty refreshing. Not not overly hoppy, which is nice, too. 
Because a lot of the hoppy ales tend to be just like chewing tinfoil. Ew. Yeah, it's just it's the metallic good. taste. Very metallic. Yeah, the metallic taste, which I fucking hate. It's you you don't like chewing tinfoil? Mm-mm. Hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, well, mine's pretty pretty okay. Pretty okay, that's it. <laughs> it's uh it's just it's very flat. There's not a whole lot of like carbonation in it or something. I don't know. It's, that's it's most right. stouts though, isn't it? Mm, not like this. Why why did yeah. you get a hanger twenty four? I don't know. I've never had it before and I like trying new stouts and porters. But it's such a common beer. Hanger 24? Yeah, Hanger 24 is a common beer. It's I've, like a common brewery. Well, I mean, we don't, I don't see it a lot out here. Really and this is this was the first time that I saw I saw Hanger 24. And if I do say Hanger 24, it's only ever that orange one. Oh, the orange wheat, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't okay. know. Okay, did you buy a six-pack of it or just one? I bought two. Usually whenever I, we get stouts, we always buy two. One one for me and one for baby boy. <laughs> you like it, Sloan? Oh shit. He's not enjoying it. Nah, he hates it. Well what do you what do you got for your backies tonight? See, we got a fridge up here now. There's plenty of backies. I got uh Negro Modellos, we got Bud Lights with limes, of course. We've got Sam Adams Summer Ale. We've got uh, great white in the can. Uh, of we've got Moosehead uh, Lager. We 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 we've got Michelob uh, 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 Black Lager. Ever since ever since you moved out there, every time I've been there, you've had the exact same beer in your fridge. Like it's never changed. And you always have. We you gotta have the palate <laughs> cleansers. It's always Coors Light, Moosehead. Uh, great white Michelob Ultra of some f- some form. There's always a Mexican beer in there. Usually it's a Corona, but it seems like you moved on to the Modelos. And then you'll find like just random random beers throughout the fridge. Yeah, like random r- random. That's stouts. usually what what you have every time I'm out there. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, gosh. Uh, so what are you gonna rate this out of our three point rating system? Oh, this is like a one one point five, maybe one point seven five. I would uh, I would I would drink yeah, it again, well. but eh, it's all right. Okay, all right. I would never drink it because it's stout. You're a wuss. And hanger, hanger twenty is it hanger twenty four or eighteen? Twenty four, right? Hanger twenty four. Ah, uh, yeah. Just they don't make good make good stuffs. You would never even had any of their beers. <laughs> I've had the orange wheat. That's all you have. That's all you need. It's not bad. It's not that good. I'd rather no. drink like. A million other beers. Would you rather drink a Blue Moon or that one? A Blue Moon. Yeah, me too. And I don't even really like Blue Moons that much. Dude, Blue Moon All is the Blue so Moons are the best of that. When it's like really hot outside. Especially out but here like, when it's like fucking 125,000 degrees. Blue Moon tastes pretty good. But Blue Moon's like, in, in hot weather, it's good. One Or like one beer is good. And then after that, it's too sweet. Yeah, it's way it's way too heavy, way too sweet. There's there's It's, it's, it's hard to drink more than one. Yeah, and then you get three quarters of the way down, and then it's already warm, and yeah. just like warm, sweet beer is not very good. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, suck it down real quick. Or remember like when we used to go to Fridays all the time? That was like our fucking place to go. Yeah. And we used to get Blue Moons all the time. Sure. All the fucking time. And then Blue some people, they used to get it with like half orange juice, half Blue Moon. Remember that? Yeah, you're just like robbing yourself of beer. Yeah, and you're paying the same price. You can't get drunk on orange really juice. Silly. 
Why the fuck would you do that? It's stupid. <laughs> dumb. It's for the taste. They're yeah. dumb. It's for the taste. Just order a cocktail then, you little fuck. Order a <laughs> screwdriver. All right. Well, my, my soft top, Hoppy Ale from Port Brewing. I'm going to give this one, I'm just going to give it a solid two. I'd go back to it, but I'm not going to go. I'd rather drink something else, but it's still still pretty good. Pretty damn good. PDG. <laughs> Got this from local local store, uh, Mr. K's Liquor. That's the only and place I, you go, huh? Every Monday I go there after work, and That's I good. pick up something new from there because he has the best selection of beer. And it's all like it's all fresh. And it's all stuff that's, you know, he, a lot of it he's got there like within like the last week or two. So it's like super, super fresh. And um, so, yeah, go check it out. Mr. K's in Placentia, California. Best place. Placentia, right off the 57 in Orange Lord. There you go. Um, backies, I got. Oh, no, actually, I'm going to give. Oh, I gave it a two. But my backies, I got some Pliny the Elder because he always has Pliny for some reason. And then um, I got some Buddies. You know, got to have some buddies in the house. So those are my back keys. Um, exciting. <sighs> very, very exciting stuff. Two massively so, overrated beers. What? Budweiser, Budweiser and Pliny the Elder. Oh, Budweiser's not overrated. Everyone yeah. talks shit on it. No, but everybody likes it. Everybody, everybody drinks it. Yeah, but everyone talks shit about it. The older you get, the more big beer you drink. And the more you understand that Budweiser is actually a really solid beer. No, it's just it's just like a it's a perfect picture of, of how as the older we get, we just we just sort of slowly give up on life, <laughs> and that's why we we stoop to the Budweiser level. Oh, I love the optimism. It's great. I don't drink Budweiser. <sighs> I but you Bud should because it's tasty. No, Bud Light. Bud Light. Well, it's not gross, but it's not very good. Very gross. Okay. Let's move on to to some vinyl stuff. What what did we get? What did you get this week? What are what are some of your good hauls this week? Because I got kind of more than I expected to get this week. So I, I I got a bunch. Um, not necessarily this week, but these are just the ones I listened to this week. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at because I have so many I have not listened to yet. Yeah, you do have a lot right now. So um, I guess I'll just. Plow through them, and then if you know if you want to talk about them, we can. But Still. whatever. So I got a bunch of blues stuff a while ago, but I just finally listened to it this week, and it kind of it it worked out well because we're doing uh, Led Zeppelin and very bluesy band at times. But mm-hmm. um, I listened to Robert Johnson, Lead Belly, and Sun House, and for the longest time, Sun House has always had always been my favorite of of the Delta Blues pioneers. He was my introduction to the genre, and he's always been my favorite. But I got this this like Black Betty double LP for Lead Belly, and it's dude. He is the he is the best. He is the greatest. He is so <laughs> fucking good. He is so awesome. He is my favorite. But you used to say that about Sunhouse, like the things you were you were telling me about Lead Belly that you like so much were the same things that you told me about Sunhouse like fifteen years ago. You know, with like the clapping and like the solo, just the the acapella stuff. Sure, there's a lot of there's. I mean, there's a lot of similarities between a lot of these earlier Delta Blues guys, and unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of good recordings. And I mean, there's a lot of recording for these guys, but they're kind of in shitty quality. And yeah. I don't know, I, very very DIY, I guess. But that gives us. That's what gives it its charm. Some of it. You know? Well, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know either way because it's all we have. So I, I, who knows? 
that's true. But um, it's it's just this guy is just so cool. Like like his his guitar tunings were always kind of weird, but mm-hmm. it's almost like he would just tune the guitar to itself because he had no like way of actually tuning it properly. And so some songs you can tell they should be in like the same key, aren't in the same key, just the way he plays it. And then he would he would he would tune the guitar even lower because uh truss rods haven't hadn't been invented or haven't really been implemented in, in a lot of guitars. So the neck would, would tend to bend because the wood is soft. Yeah. And so you you would tune your guitar lower. So a lot of his songs are in like lower tunings, which is <laughs> rad. Because he can still like sing to that lower tunings, and that's really cool. Yeah. And uh, he finger picked most of it, but kind of like his a unique style is, is he would he would like pick two different things. So he would use his thumb to kind of like pick a bass line, mm. and so he would he would just kind of like do his own little walking bass line. And then with his actual other fingers, he would he would do the melody. So he'd have like an entire band behind him. And including okay. the stomps and everything, so he was he was, he was like a, he was like a one man band, like those um, you know those those guys you see on the beach with the drums in their backs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this is him. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. I want to pick up that record though. I, you were telling me about it a couple of days ago, and I I do want to pick it up. It's on. I'm gonna. I need to add it to my my want list on Discogs. This this should be like the one of the if not the next one, one of the next ones you pick up. Because I, I just got that Lead Belly record a couple weeks ago, and that was solid. This one has, it has almost every one of his songs. And then it has songs on there, too, that I never realized he had done, like popular songs. And I said, oh, wow, I didn't know he did that as well. Yeah. Or if whatever, whoever did it first, I don't know. But yeah, okay. so I got a bunch of blues okay. stuff, so that was cool. Um, I got a Parliament a while ago, too, and I'd finally listened to it, Dr. Funkenstein. Cool stuff. I never really listened. I don't think I've ever listened to an entire album by Parliament front to back. And so this was, was this was fun, man. This was like I guess their classic lineup, and you know Bootsy Collins and Fred Wesley, and then I think his name's Maceo Macchio Parker. But it, mm. all these guys came from James Brown backup band, and I, and I realized that like Parliament is essentially they just stole like a, the James Brown band's best members. And brought him over, and George Clinton hooked up <laughs> with him, and they became Parliament. I didn't know that either, but that's pretty rad. Because because this guy Fred yeah. Wesley, he's he was he played the trombone, but he he was also like the arranger, and and he he did a lot for the James Brown band, the JBs, I think they called themselves. And and I don't know why he left, but there was like a bunch of them that came over. Bootsy Collins, same thing. So huh. yeah, I had no idea. It was cool. I had no idea that their relation to James Brown, but that's that's rad. Yeah, good stuff. That man. Doctor Funkenstein, pick it up if you ever see it on sale or anything. I, I did come across a Parliament record last week. It was like twenty bucks, and I was really debating on whether or not I should get it, but I don't remember what album it was. Okay. I don't, but I know I know Clint, George Clinton and Bootsy Collins were on it because I looked at I looked at it, but I don't I don't remember the name of it now. But yeah, I almost fucking picked it up. I should have. I should have, but. <laughs> Whatever. What am I gonna do? What are you gonna do? It's too late what now because it's not there anymore. Probably. Who knows? And then right, uh, I, I got some. I got some hip hop. I got um, Camp Low. Their their album Uptown Saturday Night. That was actually came from. Um, I I argue with a guy on Facebook briefly. <laughs> <and> oh yeah. 
And uh, I was just, I asked him like out of curiosity, like, because he said he loves hip hop so much. I was like, what is like your, one of your favorites? And he said this one. And so then I, I just, I bought it because I was like, fuck it. This guy seems to know his shit. He likes my style. I like the cut of his jib. So I picked it up yeah. and it's pretty damn good. I like it. Oh. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's cool, man. Wait, and who is it again? What was, what's the name? The, 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 the hip hop group is called Camp Low, L-O. And the album okay. is called Uptown Saturday Night. Camp Low, um, huh. they're from New Never York. Never even heard of them. Yeah, they're from. I think they came out in like the mid '90s, and I still do music for whatever that's worth. But mm-hmm. uh, on, on Will Smith's, what the? F- not Willian, the one, the one before. Willenium? No, or not, no. Oh, did you say the one before it? Yeah, the one before. I think it was just like a self-titled one, maybe even. No, Big Willie style. Oh my god! They they were they were on the Big Willie style. They either produced a song or they like one of the songs <laughs> featured Camp Low. And so that's um, that's that's fun, I guess. <laughs> but it's cool, man. You should check it out. It's pretty good. Straight forward hip hop, just very old basic, school hip hop, but also very complex, and it's good. Yeah, old school hip hop. I love old school hip hop. Oh, ninety. Um, oh no, so it's not like old school. It's not like golden era hip hop. This is golden era hip hop. No, it's not. Golden it's era hip hop is like eighties. No, it's not. Don't want people fooling you, Tyler. Get the forgetty. Uh, I also um, picked up Paul's Boutique and finally listened to it. BC Boys, always that, a, always a pleasure. Did you get the hundred eighty gram vinyl? Um, I don't know if it's a hundred. I'm sure it is. It didn't feel like that heavy, but this one's cool because it's got a gatefold, and the gatefold opens up into another gatefold. <laughs> so there's like the you know there's like four squares to this thing as it's completely yeah. opened up. It's fucking huge. And there's no writing on the inside or outside whatsoever. No track <laughs> listings, no no produced by, no thank yous, nothing. It's just a picture of wherever this is in Brooklyn, or I assume Brooklyn. And then the that's last... Kinda like, that's kind of like how my, my Blink-182 Neighborhoods vinyl is, too. It opens up and it's like four, it's like four gatefolds. And then on three of them are, or I think two of them, over two of them, are just the three band members, Travis, Tom, and Mark, just <laughs> like their pictures. So you have to stare at their ugly mugs. So, yeah, I was just going to say, those big old like screenshots, <laughs> mug shots. Yeah, it's just like big ass fucking, it's, a, it's a, essentially like a group photo, you know, but it's stretched over the three or the two. I'm sorry. That's yeah, awkward. It's, it's weird. I like I looking at, when I opened it. I like looking at big gatefolds and, and albums and, and reading things as I listen to the album too. It's, it's fun. It's yeah. exciting. I'm with you. It's good stuff. I also got Little Kim. I think we talked about it already. And oh, yeah. Somewhere else. I don't know where we would have talked about it. I don't remember when we were. Maybe when we were splitting up our vinyl. Oh, yeah. That's probably, that's probably it. what it was. Yeah, I picked up Little Kim. Her, uh, her her debut album, Hardcore, 96. Dude, Little <laughs> Kim so is weird. so fucking cool, man. It's I've, so weird I never that really, you got it. I just never really gave her like a chance. And I, I know she's popular and she's been in the scene for so long and she's well-respected. But I love like she's now entered like my top five MC list. She's up there. What? She's in there. She is so fucking good. Unbelievable. That's crazy. This album is is so great. Everything about it is cool. It was it was it was kind of a co-executive produced by Biggie, so there's a really good sound to it. And Little Kim herself, she's so cool. Like at a time when when it was it was okay and popular and cool for men to smut talk women. Yeah. Like, she did the exact opposite. She smut-talked men, and it was so fucking rad. Like, she talked about men the same way like men were talking about women. Love it. <laughs> it's just so cool. It's so, 
So empowering. <laughs> God. But you should you should check it out. I, um, I mean, I I'm not opposed to checking it out. Well, you hate Little Kim, but that's fine. Oh, I don't hate her. But yeah. No, it's not a big deal. Okay. Uh, a lot of jazz this week. Um, I, I classify jazz. It's a very general term. So don't don't kill me, everybody, when you hear some of my jazz picks. But Nat King Cole, Cole Espanol, I picked up. Fantastic album. That was one of the one of the free ones that we got, kind of that we divvied up. Um, Sergio Mendes, Brazil '66, okay. their album Four Cider. It's a compilation album of kind of everything they've done prior to that. Double LP. A lot of Beatles covers. I, I sent you one. Um, I forgot what I was saying. With, with a little help from my friends, I think. Oh, yeah. You did. Yeah. So good, dude. The it impl- was really Every good. song is like that. They're so good. It is absolutely amazing. Uh, Frank Sinatra, Sinatra and Company. That's that's one where the first half of the, of the LP is he's doing songs with Antonio Carlos Hobim. Fantastic. The second half of the album is just Sinatra, I think. And it's okay. Okay. Got Wes okay. Montgomery, his greatest hits, phenomenal guitar player, severely overlooked, I think. And then uh, I got Jackie Gleason, Romantic Jazz, another 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 cool cat. <laughs> and the one I really wanted to listen to was was Antonio Carlos Obim, his fifth album, Wave. Just the guy is just like a bossa nova. He's like one of the, if not the best, one of the originators. Like I said, it's his fifth album. He got Ron Carter to play bass. Ron Carter is Miles Davis's bassist for, Ooh, for many, many years. And also the most recorded bassist in history with like two, 3,000 recorded tracks that he's played on. Just Fuck insanely shit. prolific, insanely good. And this is an incredible album. Super glad that, we, that I picked it up. <laughs> uh, Regina Spector, Remember Us to Life. Uh. I, well, actually, that's a new one, right? I or went back one? and picked it up because it made me feel bad. <laughs> what do you mean? Because I love her so much, and I, I she's so amazing. She's my favorite vocalist of all time, and I, she's just so amazing. I, I, for me to pass it up at a half off price was just. I was, oh I was, yeah, I was, I was just being stupid. So I was just being dumb, and I, 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 I was kicking myself, so I went back and got it. Good. I'm glad. That that's her newest one, right? Yeah, dude, it's yeah. good. It is. It is good. It's not beginning hope good, but it's it's a little bit different. It's not as quirky. It's not as weird. It's it's pretty much mostly her and the piano. So there's not a whole lot of rock or pop to it. But, yeah, but you don't need good. that. Double LP, yeah. so it has all the bonus tracks. Oh, nice. So it's nice. cool. Yeah. I, I would love to get Begin to Hope with all the extra tracks on it. They On, on Discogs, you can get the, the double LP or anywhere else, I guess. It has all those bonus songs on it. Oof. A little pricey, Man. but it's worth those it. Those bonus tracks are ah, they're so good. Some hard rock stuff. I got Deep Purple. All right, I, I've listened to it. Made in Japan, their live album. I was telling, mm-hmm. I was, I was telling Tai Pai that this is going to be our next <laughs> album of the week at some point because it was, <laughs> it blew my mind. Deep Purple has always just been the band that did Smoke on the Water, and that song is just not very good after the first <laughs> four seconds. But damn, I was blown away by how good this this live album was. Uh, I also got Van Halen. I got like five Van Halen albums. I listened to the first one. So lucky. Still just as good. Still just as fucking good as the first time I listened to it. Uh, I got Blondie, Auto American. That's um, that's the one that has Rapture, that song where, where she kind of raps on it. Oh, yeah. Kind of embracing that, that developing sound, I guess. <laughs> and then I finally got Dashboard, The Places You've Come to Fear the Most. Oh, finally. I know. Well, that that was, one. It's the first time 
Yeah, pressed, the first right? time it's ever been pressed. And as far as I know, it's been selling out everywhere. I, I belong to like two or three different vinyl groups. And for like the past like two, three weeks, like everyone's been posting, oh, my dashboard finally came today. I finally got my dashboard today. And every time I see it, I'm just like, God, deal with my fucking album. So I got it. <laughs> and I listened to it the same day. And I listened to it again the next day. And dude, it's, it's a banger, man. I laughed. I cried. I had a good time. <laughs> and the last one that will lead into my pick of the week. Is this my pick of the week? Yeah, I mean it's your yeah. Okay. So wait, no, is it? I don't know. I don't know. You haven't. I don't know if it's your pick of the week. Well, this last one is my pick of the week. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So, so my neighbor's got a bunch of vinyl, vinyls, like a ton of vinyl. Probably like I shouldn't say a ton. He's like a hundred, but it's mostly, if not exclusively, seventies and eighties metal. A lot of Iron Maiden, Slayer, Metallica, Judas Priest. A lot of Sabbath, Zeppelin, there's Rush. Just like I was just blown away by how much good stuff he had, and his record player was was insanely dusty. So he was trying to, he was trying to like play some of them, and I was like, no, don't put it on there because he's just gonna <laughs> completely ruin it. But anyway, he he let me borrow one of his uh, his old friend's band, their 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 local band from from Mesa, Arizona, which is the next city over. They're from '86 mm-hmm. to '88, so they only lasted a couple of years. Um, I guess like the punk metal scene out here in that time period was pretty, was pretty big. It was pretty big in like this area. Yeah, it was huge. And, and this vinyl specifically is kind of rad because it includes a copied paper with like a, a brief history of the band and a Mm. lyric sheet on the back. But it looks, it's literally like someone just like pressed print on their computer, you know, 500 times and just stuck one in every single one. It's super like <laughs> DIY, but it's so awesome. And then it's got a, and then on the back of that sheet, it has this photocopied thing where it has like a ton of show posters, but they're minimized to like one inch by two inches or whatever it is. So there's like 20 of them. And it just mm-hmm. shows all of the different venues they played out here in Arizona and some of the big names that they played with in that scene, such as Suicidal, Seven Seconds, Insurrection, The Exploited, Agent Orange, Adolescence, Social D, when they were punk. A ton of these bands <laughs> were in the same scene. And so then I was talking to my neighbor more because he plays bass and he's been in a bunch of bands in that era. And he's like, yeah, dude, like he's, he's played with a lot of these other kind of punk bands. And it was just kind of cool connecting. And Vinyl brought us together. That's, that's the beauty of Vinyl, baby. That is that is that is the, that is the beauty of vinyl. So yeah, this this the, the band is called No One Special, and uh, it's from their album No One Special, and the song is called uh, fucking I forgot what it's called. FWMB. I forgot what it stands for. I don't know. Oh fuck with my brain. <laughs> Here it is.
Dude, I think it's so cool. It's so cool. I I generally don't like this specific type of like punk because it is very it is very generic in an odd way. Yeah. But I think just the story and and just I guess what little nostalgia I have, but now I have this connection to these guys and I have a vinyl in front of me and I've reached out to <laughs> there there's there's an email address on the paper saying like, hey, email Nigel if you want a copy or whatever. No, I got the mailer demon coming back at me saying doesn't exist. I went to the website <laughs> where they sell the, the, the thing. Mailer demon doesn't exist. I'm like, fuck. So next time I see my neighbor, I'm going to tell him to tell his other boy to give me a copy of this. Because every song is like this. It is, they're, they're fast. They're, they're crunchy. Yeah. Very, very lo-fi. But I love it. It is, really, it is pretty cool. I, I, I enjoyed it. And I'm surprised it's on Spotify. I know how it was too. I, I think they just weird. put it on Spotify because he was saying that his uh, his friend, who is the drummer, at the very end of that song too, they you can hear the drummer yell. Um, I, I think he's yelling at the singer. The singer's name is Bob. So at the very end of the song, you, you can mm-hmm. you can hear the drummer yell, I "Tried to tell you so, Bob," because the singer's <laughs> talking about how some girl like fucked with his brain, and the drummer told him not to do it, but he did it anyway. So like that was my neighbor's friend was the drummer. And the drummer reached out to my neighbor and was like, hey, dude, like, we, we are finally pressing our vinyl or we're finally pressing our album onto vinyl. Like, do you want a copy? And he's like, yeah, I want a copy. So that's, they gave him one copy like years ago, I think 2016. Damn. And then uh, I think that's when they put it on Spotify too. Yeah, well, it says they, they put it in, well, it says the album's from 2018, but then after every song it says demo from February 1987. Yeah, okay. That's and, then it, and then on, spot, on their Spotify page it says three monthly listeners. So two of them are you and I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's rad though. That's cool. I, I even like the artwork. The artwork's like is super like punk DIY back then too, but I don't know, I still like it. It's cheesy but still kind of cool. It's just I don't know, like name of the band is cool, no one's special. It's, it's so yeah. stupid and it's so 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 self-deprecating. So stereotypical punk too. Yeah, I mean, you know, like again, the reason why I don't like a lot of or listen, which is weird because all pop punk pretty much sounds the same, but I I don't like a lot of like true punk as the true heads would say because it's the fucking same thing, man. A lot of it is. A lot of it is. I wonder if the guys from Punk Till I Die podcast. I wonder if they'd be into that. They probably would. Oh, of course. They like old school punk, especially Liverpool Neil. Well, you don't listen to the pod, so you don't know I them don't. as well as I do. But I know Tom is a little cut. I, they're like, and I know he's he's very one sided. No, Tom's like Tom. No, Tom's not. Tom has a much wider range of musical likings than you think. <laughs> I think he likes like two things. So nah, as long nah. as he likes three things, and he, he beat that mark. No, him and him and John Gentile are pretty. Their their musical tastes are pretty similar. See, John Gentile like, makes it everything. known though. He like he 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 has no problem saying that he likes something stupid, and then acknowledging that it's stupid, but still saying why he likes what he likes. Whereas Tom rarely again. I don't listen to the pod, but Tom, from what I remember, never admitted to liking something that the majority of of true heads would see as stupid. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think honestly, Jeff, I think you'd, you'd like the podcast because it's not. I mean, yeah, they they sometimes release episodes where they like they'll interview people from like punk, like obscure punk bands and stuff. But more than more often than not, it's just them like hanging out and talking about like drinking beer and like going to shows back in like the eighties or even like recently going to shows and and having a little 
too many beers and just they're just like super down to earth guys both of them are it's a great podcast cool like they're not pretentious they're just they just don't even give a fuck they just talk about things that they want to talk about do they release cool. it on vinyl at all or is it just streaming their podcast yeah <laughs> oh it's all on vinyl and cause, cassette because if it was on vinyl I'd, I'd probably pick it up and they're talking about putting on uh, a track so are they really go. no fucking oh. idiot <laughs> i don't know about these guys no. No, 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 no. They just recently got put on Spotify. So you can listen to them now. That's true. Look at that. Look at that. So that's all you got for your vinyl, huh, this week? Yeah. I mean, besides just a ton of Led Zeppelin listens. Yeah. And, but then uh, you only have one Zeppelin vinyl, right? Just Houses of the Holy? Yeah. <laughs> I have four, bruh. Wait, what, what other? You you have the fucked up version of four. No, I, I, I made Sloan toss that one because it was, it was bad. Okay. It was so, what so are the other bad. ones you have? I have. Uh, I mean, we could probably get into <laughs> when we when we do the rankings, or if I can tell you now, whatever you want. What do you no, want? No, no, no. We'll, we'll do. We'll do it on the main episode. Okay. But yeah, that's that's. Um, I oh, I one more thing too. One more thing too that I that I listened Team to. Two? I got the soundtrack that that was. Uh, it was the sound of the cosmos. What? And, and we got it. We got it from our our bin, like our our divi, and. I didn't put two and two together, but it's from the the PBS show Cosmos. It's oh, the soundtrack to the show. No shit. And like I, I with Carl Sagan. Yeah, the, that thirteen oh. episode spinoff thing that happened, and like the inner gatefold has has um, like pictures and and like a story that you can follow mm-hmm. along to, as well as like the track listing, and it's it's pretty fantastic. It's it was a. It was, it's it's one of my favorite ones. One of my favorite vinyls. Wow, it's pretty dope. Damn. PD, that's it. I, I'd be interested in listening to it. I would. That's I cool. Really would. All right, baby boy. Uh, all right, let's hear it. What do I got? What were you ready for mine? You got blink. More blink. I, I got no blink. I got no blink. More this blink. Week. No, I got. Omar, I I, Tom's I only have self-titled. one. I only have one blink album that I've ever got. And I have no, oh, oh no, I have one Omar fucking album. one of the worst Blink albums. No, it's their second best record. Neighborhood, second best. And then the one Omar record I have is actually not the driving record. So that's all I got. But uh, but this week I picked up uh, Misfits and their Static Age record. Had to do it. I've listened to it probably like four times in, over the last week. I just, dude, it's so fucking, I, I just forget how good it is. I, it's how could you it's how great. could you forget how good it is? Like I don't ever forget because I've how heard good it, it is. so many times. That's true. I've because you're you're so new to it. I've only heard it so many times in the past like two years. Yeah, so it's like I I've been listening to it for fucking twenty years or something around there. Sometimes I'll put but it on and just play Angel Fuck and then just take it off and listen to something else just because I want to. <laughs> I just want to hear it real quick. I want to squeeze it in between. With song, I've, I've I don't know why I've always kind of like brushed over until this week was uh, come back. I don't I, for some reason it like that song's really connected with me this week. It's the first song on side B, and I don't know. It's weird. Maybe because it's like I'm paying more attention to it because I'm I just switched the record, so I'm. It's the first thing I hear once it comes back on, but for some reason it's just like connected with me this week. Okay, but interesting. Anyway, so yeah, I got Static Age. It's like it's it's one of the reissues from 1997, so it's a it's it's a little bit older one, but uh, it's well worth it. It sounds great. And then um, I got, I actually got this record like three weeks ago, but now that it's actually finally out, I could say that I got it and I've listened to it probably like 
six or seven times, but Death by Stereo, they put out a new record called We're All Dying Just in Time. And um, the singer of Death by Stereo, he owns a skate shop, record shop in uh, Fullerton, uh, which we've talked about many times on the podcast called Program. And uh, and I, I've been going in there every week and the guy who works there is super, super chill. And uh, and they got this record, like three, the, the record label put it in the shop like three weeks ago. And he's like, yeah, if you want it, you just grab one and we'll sell it to you. Just don't tell anybody. And then, uh, and then now you're yeah. telling everybody. Now I'm telling everyone, telling okay. telling all sense. of our two listeners. But um, but yeah, well, so, you, so um, I got it. And what? It's it's in our notes, so I mean we could just talk about it now. Yeah, might as well. But I so I listened to it, and like it's it's good, but I don't think it's great. Well, it's not their best. I, I feel like there's a lot of singing. There's too much singing. Oh, and not enough like chugging along and. Yeah, not enough screaming and yeah, just not enough screaming. Like the first couple tracks, he, he does a lot of screaming, and and mm-hmm. kind of throws in some singing too. But then it kind of just turns into metalcore. <laughs> but you love metalcore. I Come on, don't man. love, love metalcore. You love a day to remember. They're not they are metalcore. They're pop punk. They're me- they're more metalcore than pop punk. They're metalcore. They're easy core. You're, than you're just core. lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself when you're you lying. say that. But anyway, Death by Stereo, you can attest to this too. They're a great fucking band. Regardless of maybe your feelings on this record, this I, they, they put out solid music. I've always really liked them. I mean, saying this is like their worst album is, is going to be like later on, minus one album from Zeppelin, saying like, oh, this is their fourth best album, but it's still fucking good. No, yeah, it's, it's great. Like, I, mean, I have no problem listening to it again in its entirety. Yeah, their musicianship is fantastic on it too. It's great stuff. But yeah, go check out their new record. Go stream it. It's it's available everywhere now. And then they're they're doing like a pay per view thing. Well, they they already did the performance, but what it was was they they did a live performance like on a professional stage, and they charge like ten bucks to watch it online. And uh, and it's up it's up still. It's been up for like maybe a week now. But yeah, if you want to pay like ten dollars to support the band, um, just I mean. It's ten bucks. Dude. Just go watch it. But anyway, and support the band. They're a great band. They're a great local band, and they're very, very influential. So get into Death by Stereo. Hmm. Uh, the next one I got here is from a band that you and I mentioned briefly on the Creedence Clearwater Revival episode. The band is called Quicksilver or Quicksilver Messenger Ser- Messenger Service. Yeah, and uh, it was only brought up because some news, like Rolling Stone or something like that, back in like the late sixties said that Credence Clearwater Revival was like a shitty version, essentially a shitty version of The Grateful Dead and Quicksilver. And then you and I were like, who the fuck is Quicksilver? Like, <laughs> I've never heard of them. And then I happened to come across a few of their records at a record store this week. So, I mean, one of them was like $6. Like, I'll pick this one up. Sure. It, it Six can't be bucks, that bad. baby. Six bucks. Can't be that bad. And it's, it's really not that bad. It's pretty good. It, it's, but it wasn't what I was expecting. Like, I was expecting more along the lines of like, like, kind of like folky rock or something like that but it's very prog and uh it's actually kind of reminiscent of uh early genesis um prior to when phil collins or like the peter gabriel area era of genesis which is actually very very good but this is almost like a poor man not a poor man uh, yeah you say say poor poor man's version it's a poor man's version of of peter gabriel era genesis that's what it is that's funny because my neighbor had also a Quicksilver Messenger service album <laughs> as we're flipping through it. 
there, there were only two albums that he was like, what the fuck? How'd this get in here? And that was one of them. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, no way. And I got all excited. And he's like, you know this? And I was like, yeah. And I was like talking about it. And I had a good laugh. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What album was it? Do you remember? I don't remember. I remember the, I mean, we were drinking. So the, the cover, I remember possibly had like a blue theme to it, like a light blue theme to it, maybe. Mm. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. But the, the album I ended up picking, picking up was called What About Me, and uh, it's not on Spotify. I tried looking it up, and it's not on Spotify, and I, don't, I have no idea why. But all their other albums seem to be on there except for that one. It's very strange. But anyway, uh, the, the other one I picked up, well, I picked this one up a while ago, but I finally got around to listening to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from a band called Uriah Heap. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they were pretty popular back in the 60s and 70s. They have a lot of records from what it looks like, or quite a few records, and uh, I ended up picking this one up because I like the cover art a lot, and it was $2, so I picked it up, and the album's called Demons and Wizards, and uh, and yeah, the, the cover art's super trippy, and this is another one of those bands that are like, they're very much of that like prog rock from the late 60s and 70s, very much like early Genesis, so this sounds like actually a lot like Quicksilver and early Genesis and stuff like that. So it's good, but it's not something I'm particularly into. Like, I would rather listen to Rush or something like, like that. What the? F- what is your is? Uh, is it because you bought an album? Now you have this this mi- minor obsession with Genesis. No, no, no. I uh, no, no, no. I I got into Genesis like two years ago. Fuck there was this one. You got in Genesis. There was no. There was this one song that came up on like on some playlist of mine, and I listened to it. and I liked it a lot. And then I got I got into that album, and then um, and then whenever I like I come across like a Peter Gabriel era record, my kind of thing is like I'll probably buy it if it's really cheap, because the the Peter Gabriel era was actually pretty solid stuff. Like the the musicianship was really really good. Phil Collins is an absolute fucking monster on the drums. Like I I, I never realized how good of you what good of a drummer he was until like a couple of years ago, and I totally understand why people like him so much but his singing sucks i mean i don't but. i don't deny that that there are aspects of genesis that are talented i just everything i've heard from them is and like when we say prog rock that stuff's interesting and that can be interesting but with them it's always just boring but again i haven't listened to a lot of it see i don't what think I've heard some, is boring i feel like some of it can be boring but you know the the high moments are really really high for me at least but it's also kind of reminds me of like when you're listening to it you kind of feel like you're like in medieval times not 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 the tr- not the the attraction in Buena Park but like like you feel like you're taking it back to like the renaissance era and it's weird i don't know it's it's a very specific style of music but i feel like they did it and then like these last two bands i was talking about they're very much in that that style Okay, okay, okay. And then, so I got two, I got two Sergio Mendez records this week. Yeah. One of them is Sergio Mendez and Brazil 66. Uh, the record is Fool on the Hill. Fool on the Hill. Absolute fucking banger. I was blown away how good it was. But a lot of the music reminded me of um, the first season of Arrested Development or the first two seasons of Arrested Development because they use a lot of like that, that bossa nova music. And it reminds me a lot of the stuff that was on this record. So I don't know if he used any of Sergio Mendes stuff. It's possible. Show. Maybe. It and then um. the other one I got was Sergio Mendes and Brazil 77 and the record Vintage 74. 
got that one. That one's not as good as the other one, but it's still a solid listen through. But I would definitely go with the first one or Fool on the Hill before Vintage 74. But they're both good. Both are really good. Pretty much like anything and then, that has like Brazil 66 or Brazil and then any iteration of a, of a year attached to it is going to be pretty damn good. Because he had music before that, but it wasn't really selling. It wasn't really hitting it off, even though the style was there. Mm-hmm. But him and the record label, whatever record label he was on, were kind of butting heads because he wanted to sing in two different languages and they kind of didn't want him to. So it was very boring. But then they got a couple of female singers and then they got a band, which is like his backing band, is he called them the Brazil 66. But they changed a lot. So when you see mm-hmm. Brazil 67 or 77 or 86, that's just different members. So it's not the same band. And that's why they call it different names and things like that. I was kind of wondering why that was, but that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting way to name the band. But damn, but dude. Anything cool. that he did with the Brazil 66, or I guess his backing band. Any 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 time that he was started doing things in English and in various languages, mostly Portuguese, is mm-hmm. is at least a banger. It's so fucking good. And then I got this this thing from a bargain bin. It was a dollar. And I got it because the cover... And the cover kind of creeped me out. It was, have you ever heard of Bix Betterbeek? No. Or Beaterbeek? Beater, or Bix Beaterbeck. You ever heard of him? Nope. No. So he was, <laughs> he was a jazz musician in the 1920s. And he, was a, he, he played mostly the piano, I think the trumpet, and he was a composer. And so I bought this record because the, the, the cover was really creepy. And it's called 1924. It's Bix Beaterbeck. 1924 and uh so so i got it i for a couple of days i didn't listen to it but i threw it on it was like late it was like probably like 11 30 at night and i threw it on and i got like two songs in i'm like i'm creeped out like it it like freaked me out and i because it's like it it has like this that old vibey like something you would see in a horror movie like old jazz music like that in a horror movie. that ragtime that you that you hear in Almost. like video games and and like you yeah. know something bad's coming <laughs> And it's almost playing on like a little black yeah. and white TV. Yes, it's almost like that. Oh. And it creeped me out, and I haven't listened to it since. Because it freaked me out. And yeah, it, I just it, looked it just, him up, too, and, and I'm like looking at it right now, and his death yeah. is weird. Yeah, so, so he was born in 1903, died in 1931, and it said that he, he lived in Queens, New York. I think it was Queens. And it was apparently it was like a really hot summer, and one night he was just like playing piano like really late at night and then he started screaming so his like landlord came over and he said that there were uh two mexicans hiding under a, under his bed with large daggers so the person looked and there was nobody under there and then all of a sudden like bix like like froze up and died right there and then there was like a doctor in the building and she came over and pronounced him dead right there and like the cause of death has always been like suspicious and they said that it was like some form of pneumonia that he died from, and it's just, it's fucking creepy. It's so weird. It's super fucking creepy. But apparently, this guy was like, like very influential within the jazz and like I guess big band stuff. But fuck, man, I'm I'm very Shit. interested already. But so I'm looking it up too. So what he was what he was famous for not just the piano, but was the something called a cornet, and it, it's very much like a trumpet. It looks actually looks exactly like a trumpet, but smaller probably. I don't know what it. Yeah, it might be smaller, but yeah, dude, it's scary. It it really really creeped me out. This 
that record that I bought. Mm. I don't know. I'm gonna keep an eye out. For this <laughs> I don't know guy. if I'll ever. I don't know if I'll ever listen to it again. To be honest, I don't think I'll ever like not, with, re, like remember his name if I'm digging through through records. Like that's a name that I'll remember forever. Because yeah, it's Dick's so weird. Yeah, it's super weird, and with the the cover mixed with like, like he I almost looks like Bailey Lugosi. Like the the cover almost looks like the like Bela Lugosi as Dracula. It's fucking weird. But yeah, what? the album's called 1924. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I got that that record. I probably will never listen to it again because it creeps me out. <laughs> that's like, wait, is it like it's, orange? Yeah, it's orange. Yeah. That is weird. That first of all, that's an ugly ass like album cover. It really is. And the way he's, like, the it's way he's totally, looking at you is you're right. Like, it's, that's it's very reminiscent of that fuck, style. Right? Ah, oh, yeah. See, I can't. I can't listen to it. It freaked me out. Oh my god, I love this guy already. <laughs> it's so cool. Oh shit. But yeah, so so I got that record. Uh, I also got like on a lighter note, a more fun note. I got uh, Tiger Army's first record, their self-titled record. I mean, an absolute fucking banger of a record. So I got that one. It sounds great. It's not a colored vinyl, which kind of sucked. I was hoping for for some sort of color variation, but it's just a black record. But still solid. Uh, ended up picking up uh, a copy of Bleach, an older copy of it. So I paid, fucking, I got it for pretty cheap actually. So I'm kind of happy about that. So I got Nirvana's Bleach, which is always great. What I else agree. did it get? I, I, I also now agree. So. Well, yeah, it's true. You love Nirvana now. I'm a Nirvana man now. <laughs> and then I ended up going to this new record store in Santa Ana, uh, and. I was going through there all their shit, and I found this. They they had they had a pretty good selection of stuff, and uh, I came across in the world section for like five dollars. It was just like this picture of like this German or Swiss village, like just the rooftops of it, and it was all in German. So I have n- I had no idea what it fucking said, but I was like five dollars. It's probably gonna be pretty cool. So I picked it up, and it, and I didn't even know who 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 it was until I looked up the name of the record and I was able to do some inf- like research on it but uh it's a guy it's a man named his name was uh Will Glahe and the album's called O Deutsch Heimat or something like that I don't know how to pronounce things like that but apparently he, like, he like was a that. he was a very um very very famous German accordi- accordionist and composer and band leader and all this kind of stuff and uh, he he was very very popular obviously in Germany but he actually had a a uh, a really pretty big hit here in the United States. He he hit number sixteen on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1957 for his song called uh, "Lichtensteiner Polka." So Ooh, that, that's kind of that cool. That was a top sixteen hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, so he was very very big in he was very big in the polka circles, uh, very big in in German music in general. Very very famous. And yeah, it sounds really cool. I sent you I sent you a little video of just like the record playing and you, you said that it reminds you of like Disneyland. Yeah. You're like waiting in line Fantasy for the Matterhorn or, or something. Or shit like that. Yeah, exactly. And I thought it was really cool. I've listened to it twice. It's fun. Listen, like just to have on in the background. But Dude, those are the bangers, cool. man. Those like those, those really niche records that are our dollar or two you put on, you think mm-hmm. this is going to sound so stupid and it's, it's a banger. <laughs> Surprisingly banger ish. Yeah. And according to his Wikipedia, it says in the 1930s he was one of the most successful accordionists in Germany. So apparently, that was <laughs> yeah, like a how many hot, fucking accordions in Germany in, Germany in the 30s? That period were there. <laughs> I know. 
Who's the best of three? <laughs> Super fucking weird. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, Will uh, Will Glahe. His his full name is actually Gustav Adolf Wilhelm Glahe, but he went by Will Glahe. Got it. I remember that. So yeah, go check it out. Go check it out. Uh, and then I got Charlie Daniels. I got a Charlie Daniels band album. Got it in the bargain bin. Thought you know I, I thought some of his music is really really great. And I got this album called Full Moon. It came out in 1981, and I was so disappointed. So fucking disappointed. I'll, I'll never listen to it again. Never. Oh no! It, it was so much. It was. It was like uh, like the pop, like the modern pop country music. I guess. Like I feel like Charlie Daniels created modern pop country music because I've never heard another artist do it this far back in time. I guess just stick to the 70s. It just I hated it. That's so weird too, because like the devil went down to Georgia was late seventies. That was almost that was nineteen seventy nine, and it's weird because like there are parts of this record that where like it's kind of interesting though because like in parts of the certain songs like it'll speed up and slow down. Like there are different like parts to songs that are it's almost like prog country, I guess you could say, in a weird way. And and those parts are cool, like when he speeds up and it's more like the faster style. But then he just goes right back into the ballady just really shitty pop country music and i just i was so disappointed because it had such a cool cover the cover was fucking super rad you should look it up it's called full moon it was a really really cool cover it was a painted oh yeah you showed me a picture of this one of the band just standing there yeah it is really cool that's like like bayou style and i was so excited for it i was like this can't be bad and i was just like just track after track i was just super disappointed but this can't be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? Like Charlie Daniels was killer and then that album cover was so rad. But whatever. And then I got two more. Dude, Fire in the Mountain. That was the first one I got. Pick it up. If you see it. I will. I honestly will. I got two records left and then we'll wrap this up. So the this one I got, I got I've been actually I've been looking out for this one and I'm happy I came came across it this week out in that record store in Santa Ana, but it's Ravi Shankar. It's a uh, live at the Monterey Pop Festival. I think it was in 1968, and uh, this is how I. This is the first thing I he- ever heard from Ravi Shankar. Uh, ever since I, I kind of learned about him through the Beatles and re- the Revolver record, especially. And then I, this is like I said, this is the first thing I ever heard from him was this performance. So I was super happy that I came across it, and it was cheap. It was very cheap, and uh, and it sounds great. Like there's no skipping. There's a there's a couple little like pops here and there, but overall. It's in pretty damn good condition. So I have Toy. no complaints and it sounds fucking great. <laughs> so the last thing I have here, the last thing I got this week was kind of an impulse buy, but it was nice because it was a new, it was a new arrival at this uh, record store. I go to call Ra- radiation records and it was uh, the suicide machines and they put out a new album this year actually called revolution spring back in March, March 25th. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, yeah, if you don't know anything about them, they you know they're they're like this hardcore ska punk band, and they're 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 an interesting band, and they formed back in uh, 1991 in Detroit, Michigan, and this uh, this album Revolution Spring is their first one in the last 15 years. It's their seventh record. Like I said, it came out this year back in March, and um, it's actually was produced by one of the guys from Less Than Jake. And if you don't. If you never heard them, you may have heard them actually from the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 soundtrack or the yeah. game. 
the song New Girl. I mean, that's a perfect song right there. But their new album was was actually really, really, really good. I really enjoyed this one. Surprisingly like, good, right? So very, like, yeah, very surprisingly good. And it has like all the the cool elements that they kind of done throughout their career. They, they, some of the s- songs are more ska. Some of the songs are more hardcore or punk. It's like a great hodgepodge of what they've done really well in one record. Yeah, it's surprising. So, uh, yeah. So that's what I I got that record this week, and um, the, my song of the week comes from it, and it's the song called uh, "Flint Hostage Crisis." So here we go. Hostage Crisis from the Suicide Machines. Solid yeah. stuff. It is it's like, so good. It's, that whole album was surprisingly good. And it wasn't just like front heavy or, or like end heavy. It was through and through, like you said, a, like a like a chronology. A, a, yeah. A, a storytelling of everything they've ever done, good or bad. But even the bad stuff that they've done, they broke it down and then finally made it good. They made that sound great. A lot of the poppier stuff that they did, they finally implemented more ska, more punk into it, and made it fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I, I just was so blown away at how good it was when it came out. That was this year? I, yeah, it was in March. Yeah, I thought it was last year, but no, it was... Crazy. I double-checked, and yeah, it was March, I think, 25th. It's been a long yeah, fucking year then. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Solid record. So good. So damn good, but also go go check out you know uh, what is it Destruction by Definition? Yeah, that's that their, album's a fucking banger. That's too. their big one. Yeah, so go check out that one. Check out the new one too. It's the the cover art's kind of stupid. I actually really don't like the cover art. It's just very boring, and it it doesn't seem like a, um, innovative or. It reminds me of like a Green Day cover, like a modern Green Day cover, and I don't like it. It's not imaginative, boring, plain yeah. Jane. But don't let that deceive you, because the music is actually very good. So don't judge the album by its cover? In this instance, yes. Damn. Yes, absolutely. That's how I buy so albums. Yeah. That's, I know, I know. And I would probably, if I didn't know the songs on this, I would have. I would easily just skip this record <laughs> based on the album cover. It's sad. Really sad. But anyway, that, that's, that's what I got for my song of the week and my vinyl. So we're, we're done with that shit. Uh, let's 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 finish this up real quick. Uh, some new album releases, like I said earlier, Death by Stereo put out their new record. We're all dying just in time. Solid stuff. 
Jeff put this one in deep purple. Apparently, he's a he's a big purple man now. And uh, <laughs> they put man. out they put out a new one called Whoosh. But I felt like this came out like a month ago, didn't it? Uh, it came out like two days ago. <sighs> what am I? That's they close. did something recently. We, no, they they did they did something recently, and we talked shit on it. Like they hardcore. they released a song called Throw My Bones, and we had Is talked that about was? that song. If you heard it, you you were like, oh yeah, this is the song that's dumb. But because I, I listened to that live Deep Purple vinyls, I thought maybe I can get back into Deep Purple. I shouldn't say back. I'm never into them. Maybe I can get into Deep Purple. <laughs> and yes. so then I gave this one a, a spin. And this was um, this was weird. This was like they were they were trying. They couldn't decide whether or not. Again, they have had they have like 20 albums prior to this. So I, I I'm not there to witness the development of sound. But coming mm-hmm. from someone on the complete outside, this sounded like they didn't know if they wanted to be the deep purple that I know them, the the smoke on the water, old the heavy rock deep purple from the seventies, or if they wanted to be kind of like a new age country band. <laughs> Very bizarre. I mean, I, I would think a lot of that has to do with Richie Blackmore not being in the band since like the early eighties or late seventies. I mean, he was the primary songwriter, I think. I. I don't know. I, 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 man, I'm not a, I'm not a purple man. You're not a purple man, but maybe, maybe you will be soon. Maybe I will too. Once after we do this album or the live album, I'll, I'll probably start picking up more purple albums from that era that I like. Them. Okay. All right. Is smoke on the water and on that live album? Um, I mean, just a little brief, I don't want to get too into it, but the last, one of those, one of the last songs I think is smoke on the water. Oh, okay. But he plays that riff because the 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 live album is recorded over three dates, and from the date that they didn't like that much, the only song they took was "Smoke on the Water," I think, and they only did that because it was the only time that he played the riff once. How everybody knows it to be played, otherwise he <laughs> he adjusts it because even they're fucking tired of it. So he did he he played it once. He did the dun dun dun, and then he dun yeah. and then that was it. <laughs> Every other time, that's it was great. just some weird like modulation of that riff. Oh, that's fantastic! It's, but the record, whoever the, whoever the record company was when they put it out, said, "No, this is the one we want because everybody knows this song, and that's the only fucking time you played it the way everybody knows it." <laughs> I love that. I we love it, it once, once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So yeah, it is on there, but it's it's not. It's not dumb. It's not lame. It's not Guitar Center-esque. That's cool. <laughs> or Guitar Hero-esque. Or Guitar Hero-esque. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so some new songs that have been released this week. Blink-182, our boys in Blink. They put out a new one, Jeff. Yeah. I'm going to play it. I know. I'm you know lie. I got to play it. You know I got to play it. So this one is called Quarantine, and I do have some choice words to say about it. So. Ooh. Here it is from uh, from the Blink 182s.
So what do you think of this one, Jeff? Quarantine by Blink-182. Wow. Honestly, I, I think if this was a Blink song and it featured Dexter Holland, and Dexter Holland was on main main Vox, I think it would have been cool. This would have been mm-hmm. like a cool Offspring song. I I It has that, that Offspring vibe. It's very fast. It's not very technical. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And that whole like, quarantine, that <laughs> like nasaliness, Dexter kills that type of sound. Yeah. But as a Blink song with Hoppus singing, that alone I just don't like. I don't. I don't like this song. I think it's stupid. I think it's actually kind of boring. I, it doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't really do anything. Oh shit! I I I don't want to like it, but I do. I think the lyrics are the worst. Probably like the worst thing I've ever heard ever. The lyrics are just so embarrassing. Oh, they're fucking! I, I just like, like this song. what were they thinking when when they wrote the when when Feldy wrote the lyrics? Yeah, and and I feel yeah. also you know, I'm with you with on the Offspring thing, but I feel like all Feldy was listening to when he wrote this song was the Offspring and Pennywise. Like he was like on a on a yeah on a binge of those two bands, and that's why he wrote the song for Blink was because of that. But I don't like that part of it. I I don't I don't like the lyrics. Definitely hate the lyrics. I don't really like Mark's dis, like fake distorted vocals. I feel like that's really stupid too, and it's silly, especially when everything is like super overly shit sounding. Especially the drums sound awful, but it's so catchy. It's it's so catchy and it's what fast. part of this is catchy? When he's when he's doing the chorus, when the quarantine like part. Yeah, and I also like like the 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 double speed part like. Leading into the into the catchy chorus that na 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 na, it's very cheesy, but this is very like um like 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 the Offspring's all all I want song. Ah, it's so good. Like this is this is like a like a bootleg pop punk sad version of that song, like a reimagining of that song in the vein of Bad Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, and you notice Matt Skiba's not on it. So like are those rumors like in, in the niche? Is that a thing? Like are people actually legit thinking like what the fuck is he doing now? People are legit thinking that yes, and I've you know I've been talking about that yeah. for like since California. You know I, I've been talking about this for years that he's been a hired gun and and all that shit. And I feel like people are now kind of seeing that because he's not on the any of the featured songs uh, over the last like year, and they did very little promotion for nine. So I think people are starting to suspect that he's not really in the band and, and or he's a hired gun because even in the Happy Days video, he's barely in that video. And Mark said the reason why he's not on this song, because he actually is not on this song, and the, he said the reason why he's not is because he doesn't have his own home studio like uh, Mark and Travis do and Feldy, obviously. So that's why he's not on it. But I I call bullshit on that because... Yeah, that's interesting. I, 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 have, I have trouble believing that Skiba doesn't have some type of home studio. But regardless of that, he can, I mean, seriously, like. He has to have something, though. Yeah. He's a professional musician. He's a musician where his actual job is being a musician. And he's been doing it for a long time. There's no yeah. way he doesn't have something, some type of setup to where he could, 
he could send him some file or do anything. Yeah, and it's like even if he has a bad setup, they're Feldy's gonna run it through a bunch of like fucking filters and all this shit anyway to make it sound like crap anyway. So why? I mean, he doesn't need anything fancy. That's true. It's all gonna be like overly polished and turned to shit. His vocals are at least. And then, uh, do you see uh, like how a lot of people were saying? I like the day this came out. He was the only band member who didn't post about it on his social media. And that's kind of like when people were really starting to suspect it because he didn't post anything. And then after all the, all that stuff happened, he did make a post about it, but it was very, um, very like press, like very pressy, you know, like yeah. it came from like a magazine. And then at the very bottom, he put sincere, sincerely management. So I like, I, I don't know how to take that. I don't. I, I so almost take it like as, he's he's flaunting the fact that he is a hired gun here now. Yeah, at this point. and just kind of like I almost kind of see it as like a fuck you to to the band too, or to Mark and Travis for like almost like not making him a a real band member. But then I don't know if you'd want to be a band member because I just I was thinking about it today. I was thinking like I feel like this is the first and only time he's ever been ridiculed by fans because you know how like Alkaline Trio people like you know generally like that band or love that band like nobody really hates alkaline trio like at most people think they're okay nobody thinks they're bad no it's true but, it's totally so I feel true like him coming to blink almost like i probably say like 70 percent of fans have talked shit on matt skiba since he joined blink so i feel like i feel like he has this like weird resentment toward the band and toward all of and toward like mark and travis in a way because this is like the first time he's ever been criticized like in a professional sense. Really I think I, I think the genre gets shit like clearly gets shit on constantly, that, that emo indie genre. But Alkaline Tree is kind of like a like an institution to where they're not untouchable, but they've been doing it for so long and they've been doing it pretty damn well that whenever you make fun of somebody for for whatever the, whatever way they dress or the style of music, and they say, "I listen to Alkaline Trail." There's a the Alkaline Trail is the common ground between fans of other genres. They can say, "Oh, I like a couple of Alkaline Trio songs. They're cool." Yeah. Alkaline Trio is, is the band that you don't make fun of, even if you hate that genre of music. It's true. Yeah. So, what would be like the coolest, the best case scenario, is is if Skiba eventually quit. And left the band, or inevitably when he does quit or leave the band, and he talks about like his experiences and, and everything comes to light where he hated it. He thought he was signing on to be a member, and and they essentially lied to him. But he was under contract, and and he wanted to take them in a different direction. But it was all Feldy, and Feldy wanted to do this. Like that would be cool. That would be so rad. And I honestly people, think that's what happened. And then people will hate Feldy and then Feldy will back out of Blink-182 and then maybe they'll even get like Skeebs and Tom DeLonge to come back and they'll do something crazy where Skeebs and Tom <laughs> will like produce everything <laughs> and it'll just be something that we've never even heard. It'll be some cross of like Angels and Airways and Blink and Alkaline Trail and it'll blow everybody's mind. <laughs> and then Feldy will feel so stupid that he'll stop producing music. Oh God, especially with Atreyu. Imagine so though. Ah. <laughs> uh. I mean, one can only hope. One can uh, only hope. That's, that's going to happen. Oh, God. That's felt he, like, posts on his social media, driving around his Tesla and going to f- really nice, expensive restaurants. He's such a wiener. Uh, he really is. Oh, it's he, so frustrating. He, he's almost like a Jenner. Like, he's he's almost like a nobody that's that became somebody. <laughs> How? 
And then you realize, like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, why is he popular? He doesn't do anything good. Yeah. I mean, minus the Goldfinger records and a couple records from the used. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. What are you going to do, though? People will pretend to like him and the bands that he produces. But anyway, anyway, let's move on. We could talk about Blink for hours. Like normal, though, you know? Uh, So we've talked about this 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 fake band over the, like the last year or so the fake band is called samurai. And if you don't know who they actually are, actually are, it's refused. And, uh, they're doing the soundtrack for the new video game, cyberpunk. And so all the music or not all the music, but like the, the band music you hear in that video game is all going to be refused. And, uh, they release a new one under the samurai moniker and it's called, um, a like Supreme Supreme. I thought it was pretty good. Not as good as refused, but it still kind of sounds like them. Well, I mean, you're you're just such a refused hater. It's insane. I refuse to listen to reviews. <laughs> oh, you're so clever. This huh? was maybe I'm just really excited for Cyberpunk, but this was this was good. This is good stuff. <laughs> such an idiot. <laughs> this was cool, man. I was. I hate you. I was, I was pretty. I was. I was pretty happy with this. Uh, I hate it. I hate it. But yeah, go go check it out. It's cool. It's cool. I'm not gonna play it. You want? You or unless you want me to play it. No, that's cool. Do you want to play this or the next song? Um, I mean, I really like the original version of the next song, but uh, whatever. You can play the next one. Yeah, play the next one. Okay. Well, the next one we have here is uh, from a band called Pup. And they're, I guess, I didn't even know this, but I guess it's a cover of uh, AM 180. What, what the hell is this? What? Did you listen to it or no? I listened to the Pup song, yeah. Uh, you you don't recognize, recognize the song? It. Not at all. Oh, dude, it's by the band Granddaddy, and they did this. That's the AM one eighty. You probably remember it most from Twenty Eight Days Later when in the grocery store, and uh, that song plays. That's that's the song. But I mean, I don't, I don't recognize know. it. That's where I heard this song from, and this band was Twenty Eight Days Later when they were going through the grocery store. Remember that scene? They're in the grocery store and they're all happy, and it was the only like happy part of the entire movie. Vaguely, and they vaguely. play they play the song, and it's 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 such a weird original song. It's it's got a really catchy guitar part, and then it mm-hmm. goes into this really really fuzzy low chuggy riff, and it like doesn't match, but because they're so different, it it, it just blends really well together. All right. Well, here's the um here's the pup version of uh, AM one eighty. Here you go.
AM 180 from Pup. That's so catchy, though. Come on. It is. It's catchy, but... Come on, guy. I'm surprised you like it so much. But you're also into this, like, that weird 90s alt rock, too. Even though this is not from that, but it's still in that style. That was a good pick, though. It was 97 that the original... Uh, I think it's called From Under the Western Freeway. From Granddaddy. What, a, what an obscure thing. Like They also had another song, too, Granddaddy. Uh, I wanted, I'm not going to sing it, but... It just repeats over and over. I want to walk up the side of the mountain. I want to walk down the other side of a mountain. It just goes over and over and over, and it's so catchy. It's so good. Never, never heard it. But the pup version is it. very, very, very similar to the original, except in the original, that high guitar part is almost like a synth sound. Yeah. And so it's not like as distorted. And then when the actual rhythm guitar comes in, it's 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 lower like the tone is all the way down so you're only getting mm. like the bass and it's very very like very fuzzy interesting i mean I'm, I'm interested in hearing the original now so i'll probably go do that after the pod if you, 28 days later i know you've seen 20 I, days well, no, remember i've it. seen it of course i've seen it. i just don't it's been oh man i don't even probably 15 years since i saw it last. you should be watching that movie at least once a year there's no, there's no. No, excuse. no, I take it back. I, I watched it a few years ago. Now that I think about it, I did watch it a few years ago, and then I watched twenty eight. What is it? Twenty eight months or weeks? Months. Yeah. months. No, yeah, don't no weeks, 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 weeks. Yeah, twenty weeks. I later. think they wanted to do a month, but I don't think they ever did. No, I don't think so either. But anyway, whatever. So, uh, let, let's finish this up. Uh, Jim Adkins, the singer from Jimmy World, he put out. He started a new podcast called passing through frequencies and his first guest was mark hoppus from blink 182 and it wasn't that bad did you listen to it i did what did you think of it you're being generous but it wasn't that bad it was (laughs) awkward it was it was as if they had never met each other yeah and they were pretending like they were best friends there was way too many like awkward pauses and it was boring (laughs) it was so disappointing it was uh, only what, 45 minutes, but I swear to God, it was like two hours long. What I thought was funny, too, like what you said, like it, they, they acted like, especially in the beginning, like they were good friends. And then it, thinking back to the writing in Vans with Boys, when Mark Hoppus in like in his confessional, he outwardly like criticizes the band or Jimmy World for leaving the tour halfway through to go tour Europe. He says, I mean, what band would 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 wouldn't want to like go hang out with all their friends in the summer and just yeah. play music together? But instead, they wanted to go to Europe, where it's you know, he was just like criticized, like just talking like massive shit on them for leaving the tour halfway through. Because it's so childish and 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 almost like greedy in a sense, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. There's very, I mean, Jim Atkins. He's never been been like a Mark Hoppus or a Tom DeLonge in their heyday. He's always been more reserved, and the reflects on their music of Jimmy World and the podcast is just like clearly he, this dude is going to rely on his fame to to get good guests, and that irritates me. But he did seem pretty. He did seem pretty friendly and open, more than I thought he would. Dude, when he whenever he laughed, it was I felt so uncomfortable. I felt like it was fake, like it was forced. And it was very weird. Like I, I just, I don't know. I felt weird. I felt uh, dirty. <laughs> I felt gross. I should have known that you would have hated it. <laughs> yeah, you hate like everything that band does except for Clarity. Now it's crazy to me. That's true. Uh it's it's crazy. 
But anyway, yeah. So he put out a, he has a new podcast. Go check it out if you're interested. Um, the last thing we have here, you just put in the notes. I can't stand this kid. We can, we can just look, real, real quick. This this Takashi six <laughs> nine kid. I just cannot <laughs> I stand this so kid. He he is such an idiot. He I mean this, the guy is just such a butthole, and he's I don't know man. He's just such a wiener and and like everybody hates this guy, but he's still I don't know what the fuck happens, but he's still like in the top songs on Billboard and the, the top downloads on Spotify. I don't know how it happens, but. Like so many people come out and, and say that this guy's a fucking tool, and even even um, even Twitter like changes handle to to Takachi like mm-hmm. Snitch Nine because yeah. this is the guy that like wanted to be in, in in the gang life and then got caught for it and then squealed on his friends to get out of the gang life. So that's <laughs> I mean that's nobody likes a snitch, right? Like regardless no. of how you feel about that life, like nobody like bro, you made your bed laying it, like take one. Get it over mm-hmm. with, but then like getting out yeah. of that life and snitching on so many people. Now he's putting his family at risk, and even even his 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 baby mama was she was saying like I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's putting us at risk. He should he he made his bed lying it like I said. Get I don't know. I just cannot fucking stand this kid, and he's so ugly. He is a very ugly man. Yes, but there's this video of, of of some some guy in his car, like like cruising by. And he's calling him a bitch. He's like, you're a fucking bitch. Like, you're a snitch. Like, come over and fight me. Like, fuck out of here. And like, 6 9 threw his, uh, his, his, his security guards to, to kind of like go in front of him. But as he was kind of like talking shit and flipping him off and stuff. And it's like, man, like, I, I understand. Like, you can't fight everybody on earth. Yeah. But when you're this kid, you, you got to expect to fight everybody on earth. <laughs> Especially when you're in the video, he was like taunting the guy, too. Yeah. It's like, like he's such a fucking pussy. He's a. It's he, pretty. It's I cannot pretty stand this kid. Yeah, he's pretty awful, and I mean, he's he's one of those those people who will likely be shot and killed or yeah. beat the shit out of. Yeah. Because one, he the, the, what he did by snitching that's a big no no, and then not only that he's like bragging about it now. Like he's bragging about getting away. He's bragging about all the things he shouldn't be doing. <sighs> really fucking asking for it it's it's so as weird. bad as that sounds but it's it's so but, it's so bizarre like in our culture that even people that that are so against gang violence and, and gang life even people like that can understand how shitty it is to snitch on the people that welcomed you into that clique into that group regardless of how yeah. bad it is like nobody likes somebody who rats people out nobody likes a tattletale or it's just, it's not just that too, but it's him boasting about it and just like just he's just a fucking air. It's just the the amount of arrogance that he has is just disgusting. And he's and so ugly. <laughs> I know. Is he not an ugly man? I think all men he's are repugnant and disgusting, man. but he is like top three ugly dudes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> disgusting fucking. Uh, he is. He is ugly. He definitely is. All right, well, I don't want to talk about this fucking guy anymore. No. It's stupid. Well, I got nothing else to say. You got anything else to say? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. All right, well, this is Asinine Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who listens to the podcast, who has always listened, who still continues to listen. Uh, it's much appreciated. And uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And that's it. That's all. That's all.